Hello, and welcome to the Sisterhood Downloads. I am your host, Jacqueline Byrne. And I'm Juliet Thompson, and we are so excited to have you join us as we explore how women can truly thrive with reflection, connection, and community. I am a clinical psychotherapist. And I'm a psychologist and coach, and we are both mothers of young children, as well as being entrepreneurs. We are thrilled you've joined us here at the Sisterhood Downloads. Hello, welcome back to the Sisterhood Downloads with Jacqueline and Juliet. We are so excited that we've um, somehow managed to arrive and prioritize this next episode. We, we are winning, people. We are winning. And on this topic of prioritizing, today we really wanted to give some time and space to this idea of time management. We were having a little bit of a pre-podcast chat about what we wanted to touch on. And I actually think this is a little bit more interesting, complex and controversial than it might sound at the at the surface level. What just to sorry to throw this to you randomly, Jacqueline, but why is it important for us? What do you think it's important for us today to talk about time management? The subheading of sorts that we were talking about for the podcast was like, are you in charge of how your life is getting used up? Oh, and love it. That's why. That's why. Because yeah. we like time management can sound really structural and boring, but it's in that scaffolding that we can be set free and we can look like any medium in our life of how we're interacting with so many different things in our life, it will mirror back what's happening inside. And if we're giving so much away or we're being puppeted by social dictation or other people in our lives dictation, then we will not have enough reserves left for what we're here to, to most do. Yeah, beautiful. So the way that I'm perceiving that is that we might want to think this is a practical issue, like, oh, I need to pack the lunches different in the morning or I need to whatever it is. And that might be true to some element, but so often if something's not working with the big broad area of time management, then actually let's have a look inside because I reckon there's some core beliefs or some perceptions or some feelings about yourself that's significantly getting in the way of things being easy. So what, what do you reckon good time management is? Like what, what's the, what are we heading for here? What's the goal? I think that's really important as well that for, for the purpose of what we're wanting to provide to listeners today, it's, it's not necessarily ticking all the boxes because that's not what we believe in and that's not what we want for women. It's not possible. It's much more about discernment and feeling like your energy is going mm. in directions that fill you back up. And even when it's um, tiring or, or taxing, that it's aligned to your values and it's ultimately still playing out in a way that's empowering to you. So it's, it's not all going to get done. There's no magic wand to make that happen. There's no three-step program. There's no book that can, can allow you to have it all, that, that idea that I think has poisoned the psyches of so many women that you can have it all and do it all. It's much more about how to connect back into your self and develop the self-awareness to notice what is taking over you. Yeah, it's like being um, a passive witness in life 
rather than the behind the driving wheel. And if you're feeling like life's getting a bit crazy and chaos and there's too many demands being pressed in on you, that can put you in that position of not feeling like you're the one charging forward. So maybe what we're talking about is getting into a position where your day still might be busy and messy and things might not get done, but you're feeling like at the end of the day, um, the most important things in life are being seen through. I was going to say achieved, but I think that's a loaded Mm. word. And you can have confidence in the fact that your, your priority, what you're getting done is the most important and the most enriching for yourself and your family. In terms of understanding what's going on internally, the things that most often get in the way of being able to be clear in what it is you want really need to get done is is actually what we're talking about last week, which is knowing yourself and relationship. You've kind of got to work out, well, what is the most important thing for me, big picture? And the way that I love to do this with clients actually is get them to think about either, depending on what they resonate with, their 90th birthday party where people are making speeches about them or actually more profound way to do it is thinking about their obituary or their funeral speech and people talking about their lives. And when they do that, they part of them might want to say, oh, so-and-so made a lot of money, right? Or so-and-so did the best, always on top of the laundry. Like that might come out as like the most important things day to day. But when we're really, we all know that the most important things are often about relationship and experiences, So that can help isolate what your core values are in life. And once you have those values, you can then say, well, do I live those values every day? Is my bigger picture being met every day? And once you have the clarity on what is the most important thing to you, that's when things can get a bit muddy because then all the demands start and people want things and there's, you know, a hundred things to do and, and, What makes this easier is boundaries, discernment, and the ability to say no. What's your thoughts on the ability to say no? It's such a difficult one for a lot of women for reasons that we've also touched on recently um, in recent episodes that we're so conditioned to be compliant as women where we reward little girls disproportionately to to share to be nice to be polite to be agreeable to be easy and then all of a sudden we expect them 20 30 40 60 years on to um why didn't you just say no why didn't you um Mm. stand up for yourself and like when is that miracle going to (laughs) happen along that trajectory so that I think a lot of women feel like they're living lives that are not by their design, not even necessarily a life they don't enjoy or they don't have um, appreciation for, but that they're they're not in they're not behind the driver's wheel of their time, and they're not also that there's not much left over for them. So that saying no is often really coming back to self-valuing and also practically how 
how can you do that if you haven't actually been taught and maybe not had that role modeled either from other women around you? Yeah. So we, we, this can go really deep because it, for me anyway, it always comes back to your sense of self and your self-worth. And if that sense of self and self-worth is dependent on the approval of others, this is where it gets sticky, right? Because if you say no and you risk someone being cranky at you, that can feel especially awful if that makes you feel you're not good enough, right? You ha- The only way you're going to feel good is if people are happy around you. And the thing is you can never please everyone and people, people's own boundaries are very distorted sometimes and their own sense of relationship with themselves and others. And they will ask inappropriate things or they they'll engage in an inappropriate way. So think something that helps me with this idea is radical responsibility. It is my responsibility to make myself happy. My thoughts and feelings are my responsibility and my life, nobody else's. So if someone wants me to do something that I know I don't have the time for or I can't and I say no and they're unhappy with me, that is their unhappiness. That is theirs to sort through. Sure, it's not going to feel nice, but we get into hot water if we travel through life just trying to feel nice all the time. And the more we expose ourselves to holding in our own power and worth, the easier it becomes. So, yeah, I think for some people the need to be liked is a big thing that comes into this. And I highly recommend thinking about that a little bit more and pushing your boundaries with that because it does relate to being able to, to say, to say no. I've had a lot of experience as a people pleaser, (laughs) the opportunity to test out um, how to, how to say no when it has felt very uncomfortable for me and, There's a few little things I'd love to share as well that I have found useful in that because it often is so embedded in that um, social dynamic that saying no to someone's face can be the hardest thing. So if there is a way to even pause the answer, like if you're invited into something and someone asks you to take something on, if there's a way to even say, that sounds really interesting. I'm just going to have to check my diary or run that by so-and-so and I'll get back to you. Even, even if at first you need to do that and then be able to give them a call and say, oh, be disappointed not to be able to participate, but I realise I have too many commitments at the moment. Um, we often, I think we often fear that the no is going to be really harsh and it will be received as I don't care about you or mm. what you're asking me about doesn't matter to me. It's it's literally not possible to give ourselves our time to all the things that we probably do care about or the issues in the world or the um, endeavours that we would like to contribute to. It's impossible to give enough to everything. So there is discernment that play um, by default to some extent in that regard. But to be able to frame it in that way that can still feel very affirming of the other person and if it's authentic that you you do wish you could go to the thing or participate in the thing but you don't have the energy resources to do so that you can reflect that. And I think there is a bit of a movement trying to normalise rest at the moment as well and we can maybe contribute to that to say I would so love to see you and it has been a while since we've caught up 
I'm just noticing how depleted I'm becoming at the moment. Or, you know, it doesn't even have to be extreme. It doesn't even have to be, I'm about to die, so I can't go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just need to, I just, I'm really making an effort at the moment to care for myself. And I think I just need that race this weekend. Could we do it at so-and-so time? So trying to pause it and give yourself an opportunity to regulate your nervous system and come into that response out of fight or flight because the people pleasing is fawning it's the another survival response that could even be a trauma response so our our head and our mouth is saying yes before we have a chance to run that by our soul or our wise self and so you're giving yourself a chance to consult with all of you before coming back also having some of those that language pre-scripted can be helpful so if you have a few key phrases um even some of those might have just mentioned that you literally write down, become familiar with, so they feel a bit more available in that moment that might be more stressful. And the last one I'll mention for now is to diarise your priorities so that if you say, you know, I really do need to spend more time resting or I want to invest more time in my social life or something I actually do is put in my diary just Jacqueline at blocks of time that I just call Jacqueline and that way, if I am going against that commitment, if someone's asked me to something and I open up that time and I can see they've scheduled that for me, I'm literally cancelling on myself to make that time available to them. Whereas if I just had left it open and then I would open my diary and think, yeah, I can make that work, I can fit that in. But where then does the other stuff happen that we, you know, we let it be invisible in terms of how real that commitment is when we book in a doctor's appointment but an appointment with ourselves. Yeah, it comes back to that prioritisation of self, doesn't it? That self-relationship we were talking about a while ago. It really, it really does and we just have to be conscious of the fact that every time we're putting somebody else's needs ahead of our own, we are reducing the resources we have for other people. We're not giving people the best versions of ourselves. I wonder if another way to say no as well um, is to really come into uh, compassion for the other person and tell them what you can give them. So what I mean is Mm. if someone says, I really need you to, would you be able to bake a cake for the cake store? And you think, oh, my gosh, I've just backed up. I don't have enough time or energy or to do that, I have to do all these other things, but I really want to contribute and I feel bad because if I don't do it, who's going to do it, right? When you're communicating, saying and noticing to the person, sharing that you you can see that they're struggling, you know, like, oh, you know, I can see this year you don't have enough bakers. That must be really stressful. Gosh, I feel for you and I'd love to be able to contribute. I just can't this time. But what I could do is X, Y, and Z. And that might be I could do it next time or I could um, help take the money to the bank on another occasion or whatever it is if you want to still be a part of what's going on or um, it, it's a it's a way to say, I do still support you and I do still care about this, but, and this is what I can do. Mm. I wonder if there's any other day-to-day examples of the the need to say no. Has anything come up in your life? I think the protection of our time as well and things 
we get to this life phase where things really are busy and that is okay. But the the creep of something taking five minutes longer, a conversation um, that you might even be really enjoying, but it's taking, it's going into time that you don't have to spend. I like, I just want to pick up on what you mentioned earlier of having less to give to other people is said can be useful to even sometimes even bring those people to mind where I try and force myself to recognize that even though it feels like I'm being kind to this person in this moment by default I'm taking something away from someone else and also myself um, in some occasions but even having that thought of because I'm doing this I, I'm taking it out of the pool of that, that our, our time is not, um, it's not a commodity that's up for grabs and we get to choose just because we let someone in doesn't mean they get to choose um, when, that, when that ends or when we need to move into the next activity. And I wonder if this comes as well to this idea of we teach people how to treat us. And so if we are giving, 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 giving all the time, then you're teaching people that you will give and then they will ask and they will expect. But I think sometimes, uh, I mean, you can't take this maxim too far, but sometimes we have to teach people that we value ourselves and that we will put the boundary down firmly. And that might cause a little bit of stir in someone because they're going, hang on, when did things change? What what changed here? Uh, and that's to be expected. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Just because someone else is having a shirty response to a boundary doesn't mean that boundary is wrong. Yes. One of the, the key things I think in the conversation of today is to come back to that it actually, it, it can't all be done in terms of what society it says should all be done the the tidy house and the thriving career and the strong relationships with our children and the romance with our partner and on on with the list goes cannot all happen at the same time so there has to be there has to be a, a willingness to let go of something to prioritize something else mm. so in your time management if what you need to focus in on right now is something in your career or a, a, an acute responsibility within your work that has come up or a child that has a need that is it is demanding in the family at that time, then other things do have to fall by, by the wayside and we need to be able to communicate that with other adults whom with we cohabit. Yeah, it really is a discussion, isn't it? An agreement, a conscious mm. collaboration that is that's tricky. I think it taps into women feeling unsupported. And then mm. when, if, if there's a, a reading at all in what we're trying to offer as we just have to put up with that or it takes even more from you to meet additional needs, like when women talk about not having enough time for self-care and there might be a suggestion of, well, why don't you just get up earlier um, and do self-care in that time? It's really, it's so dismissive of the core issues under the situation at play. And so I think it's, it's really coming into your power to then consider what we're offering uh, in the conversation today, coming from that place of like, I, I, am in the driver's seat of my life I just might have been 
heavily influenced by forces that I didn't need to be or maybe can have a different perspective on going forward. So how can I take back that? When I say the word power, like just in terms of reclaiming um, the right to live our own life and and prioritise ourselves and have our needs on the table as well. Are there any ways that you think people, any tools or, or things people can use to get a bit more clarity on what that would even be like for them? Yes, I think that um, this there's this amazing book I read a few years ago called The One Thing and um, a few other people have given really positive feedback around it as well. I will find the author of the book in a second, but I think it's Gary Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R. But um, the one thing is is quite simple, actually. It's hard to explain because it is so simple, but the book really does do expand the topic nicely. But it basically helps you ask the question, what is the one thing that I can do now such by doing it, everything else become easier or even unnecessary? So just going back to maybe this idea of division of housework, right? Let's say you are feeling really overwhelmed with how much you do and you feel totally unsupported. The one thing that actually might make that whole topic easier is having a conversation with your partner. Instead of thinking about it at the micro level of, oh, you know, I'll, I'll buy this detergent or I'll do this. For, blah, blah, blah. The one thing that could ease the whole situation up is that conversation. And that's what needs to be prioritized. So I think this question can be applied to personal life. You know, so let's say you um, generally you're just feeling totally miserable within your health and your body and yourself you might feel like there's a billion things that you would like to do to get your body back into health. But there might be one thing that would make all those billion things easier. And it could be, let's say your your health, you're feeling foggy and disconnected every day and you realise that you're not drinking enough water. By drinking enough water, you might then have the clarity and headspace to make all of those other health-related changes possible. So it's, it comes to this idea of the 80-20 principle, the Pareto's principle, and that principle goes along the lines of that we often get the biggest impact. So 80% of results come from 20% of what we do, and it's about finding what is the most impactful thing that we do in um, something that we want change with. So let's say we might, this health example we might say that going to bed earlier is an extra half an hour and that is responsible potentially for 80% of the gains you feel with your mental and physical headspace. So finding what is the most impactful thing. So this this one book asks that question and expands it out. I think for me it's been fundamental in the way that I think about time management because there's always going to be more things than can get done. There's always going to be intense pressure. The other question that I asked myself that I found very powerful is, and I think it's in this book, that um, something might be the most urgent, but it might not be the most important. 
and learning to see the difference in those two was very helpful in my career. So often the most important things are the things that we avoid, right? Like maybe it's for the, the marketing strategy. It's the big picture stuff, right? Marketing strategy. You can get by not doing that every week because you've got lots of other things to do, but it's the most important thing because without that, everything else falls a bit flat. So for me, practically, those two yeah, perspectives really helped me. It's so useful. Just to cut through the, again, the polar, polarizing, I think we do, like I can't change it all, so I can't, there's no point in starting or I feel helpless in it. Um, to just find the loose thread to be able to begin and see what that offers. And, and when that does give back maybe some more energy, there's more resource to reapply it with, to hopefully reinvest back in what we value. Mm. If there was one thing that women could go away with today in bettering their time management and all that we mean by that, what would you suggest? I would um, take the opportunity to do a bit of reflection journey, journaling on um, your end of life perspective. What is it that you think makes a good life? What do you reckon you would be sitting there when you're 90 years old and looking back on your life? What do you want to say that you did? And what do you want to say was how you were as a person? And get really clear on what those values are. So um, let's say that's being adventurous, traveling and being a kind person and then work out in my day-to-day, am I aligned with these values? And if I'm not, how can that happen? And what am I doing in my day-to-day life that's the opposite to my values? And how can I restructure that and deprioritize that? What about you? There's one exercise that I have found helpful sometimes in if you were to do a pie chart of at a very high level how you're spending most of your time, like maybe the, the whole pie represents a day or a week and how that's divided up into how you're spending your time and then compare that to your values, whether your time is going in the direction you consent to. It is a nice way to kind of, visually see what's happening what's happening in your world and in your day-to-day that can get lost in that momentum beautiful excellent so I think we probably could spend another five hours talking about this and no doubt we will revisit it many times but that's at least some things to get started on thinking about this area and would love to hear your thoughts um, about some of the things that we've been talking about and until next time lovely listeners thanks for listening to the sisterhood downloads we're so excited that you're here and we can't wait to connect with you again in another episode Talk soon, guys.